This is Main Event Radio. Are you ready? No, I said, are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for one fall and is your main event of the evening. This is Ryan Ryder. You're listening to Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM, Bell 5 TV, Channel 950, the iHeartRadio Podcast Network, and our official homepage, maineventradio.com. All the latest and greatest in professional wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Main Event Radio. July 2020, what a year it's been with COVID. Certainly not the year that any of us expected it to be. Uh, as, as some of you may already know, I was supposed to get married in June. My wedding was postponed. Uh, so many industries, so many individuals affected by the coronavirus pandemic worldwide, which we've covered on this show throughout our, our several last episodes and it's just been a, a very hectic year for, for a lot of people. And in the States, it's, it's, uh, it's really, really bad now. Florida having a record-setting 13,500 new cases just in one day. And it just seems like Florida, like WWE is filming in Florida. AEW is filming in Florida. So the connection between wrestling and the state of Florida is very close. And the fact that Governor DeSantis is allowing wrestling to continue in Florida and allowing Disney World to open, it's it's just it's it's a mess. Florida really is a mess. As much as I love that state, I'm very happy to be in uh, my home city of Montreal, Quebec, right now, where the situation uh, still dire, but has stabilized uh, in recent weeks. And I hope I, I hope it stays that way. We're likely awaiting the second wave, but we just gotta keep hoping for the best. And in times like this, you really realize what's uh, what's important in life: health. And family to me, that's that's really what I've what I've discovered, uh, if anything, this year. Uh, talking about wrestling being allowed in Florida, um, wrestling and boxing are actually both banned currently in Quebec uh, for the time being due to the COVID pandemic. So it's going to be a long time until uh, wrestling events as well as boxing events, uh, combat sports, will be allowed in our province. Uh, they're saying September at the earliest. So it doesn't seem like wrestling or boxing or MMA, for that matter, will be allowed in Quebec for a very long time. The reasoning behind that, despite the fact that they're allowing other sports like hockey, uh, like soccer, baseball, the reason why they're not allowing combat sports is because they say that there's a very uh, high risk of COVID contraction through combat sports because of the fact that you're 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 unprotected facially and you when you when you get punched when you get kicked uh spit actually comes out of your, of your mouth so it's it's a very high risk um type of sport and combat sports so the, the Quebec government has chosen to not allow professional wrestling mixed martial arts boxing or any type of combat sports in the province of Quebec for the time being so like many other industries, professional wrestling has been very hard hit this year by COVID, especially here uh, in Quebec. 
So we'll keep you posted on the, the latest of this uh, combat sports ban that is currently happening. We got SummerSlam on the way. August the 23rd is going to be SummerSlam. There's rumors of a second evolution, August the 30th. That would sort of be like a second week of SummerSlam. Uh, the all-women's evolution event two years ago in 2018. I loved it. Uh, it was very successful. I was surprised that they never had a follow-up. But it's it's looking like they're going to have an evolution to August the 30th. Uh, this upcoming Saturday, July the 18th, is going to be Impact Wrestling Slammiversary event. It's their 18th anniversary. They're now legal. 18 years old. They can vote. They can go to the Army. No, I'm kidding. It's uh, t- formerly known as TNA Impact Wrestling. Slammiversary this Saturday. It's uh, an anniversary event, and it's also uh, a rebirth. They've had many uh, reboots, rebirths over the years, but this one seems like it's, it's, it's the start of a new beginning for Impact. Many f- uh, familiar faces making their returns, and also some new names joining the Impact Wrestling roster. So we'll have the Impact Slammiversary preview later on in today's show. The forthcoming A&E documentary on WWE Hall of Famer Steve Austin officially commenced production this week. The plan is to broadcast the documentary this December. The Austin documentary is one of several announced this year alongside documentaries on the lives and careers of Rowdy Roddy Piper, Shawn Michaels, and Booker T. Um... Some of the biographies that we're going to be seeing on the A&E Network include a Macho Man Randy Savage as well. It's going to tell the larger-than-life story of one of the most colorful and charismatic superstars to ever step foot in the ring. Uh, Rowdy Piper is uh, directed by Emmy and Peabody Award winner Joe Levine, uh, who, who did some ESPN 30 for 30. Uh, it's going to be focusing on Rowdy Piper, who's going to be, uh, who, of course, was one of the greatest villains in WWE history. Uh, the Booker T documentary is going to be directed by Emmy and Peabody Award winner George Roy from Mayweather and the Curse of the Bambino. And it's going to show uh, Booker T, 11-time WCW Tag Team Champion, Six-time, six-time world champion, uh, King of the Ring winner, and uh, the Stone Cold one. Also, Shawn Michaels is going to have a, a biography slated to air in 2021. So A&E getting back in the pro wrestling game back in the late 90s, early 2000s, had some classic documentaries on guys like Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels, actually, at the time. And I, I remember there being a Stone Cold documentary as well. So it's good to see uh, some new wrestling documentaries on a mainstream network. Speaking of wrestling films, a Hollywood uh, fiction movie is going to be coming out uh, in a couple years. It's uh, preparations underway right now, pre-production. Actor Chris Hemsworth is preparing to play WWE Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Uh, It's uh, first revealed in February 2019 that the Thor actor would be starring as the Hulkster in a biopic on Hogan's life. It's going to focus on his earlier career and the rise of Hulkamania in world wrestling entertainment. Hemsworth was quoted to Total Film in a new interview that the preparation for this role is insanely physical as I'll have to put on more size than ever before. Uh, Hemsworth also said he's planning a deep dive into the wacky world of professional wrestling. Todd Phillips of The Joker a very, very good film that came out last year. He's set to direct the Hogan biopic, which is exclusive to Netflix. Hogan and Eric Bischoff are executive producers of the film. So I, I'm really interested to see, first of all, how Chris Hemsworth looks like uh, as Hulk Hogan and also to see this mil- movie when it comes out next year on Netflix. You're listening to Main Event Radio. My name is Ryan Ryder. This is CJLO 1690 AM, radio.com, the iHeartRadio podcast network. Channel 950 on Bell 5 TV all across Canada. 
talking about how COVID has impacted the world of pro wrestling. Uh, we talked about last week how there's been over 30 positive tests amongst WWE superstars, performers, and staff. Uh, you look at uh, other sports, NHL now saying this week that they have over 35 uh, positive tests, and they're still going through with the National Hockey League playoffs. Uh, starting August 1st, actually, the the early tournament bracket, uh, Montreal Canadiens going to be fa- facing off against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So as a, as a hockey fan, I am looking forward to that. But it, much like wrestling, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, yeah, I'm dying. I'm clamoring to see hockey. I'm enjoying to see wrestling. But is it the right thing to be having live sports right now, even though there's no audience? Yeah, it's, it's got the TV audience, but it's putting the, the, the performers at risk and also the, the staff at risk. So I don't know. I don't know. I do enjoy watching. But looking back, will we will will we think like why did we have this? It's it's really a a tough decision to make. As I've mentioned, I, I felt that WWE should have had that off season, should have taken a few months off from WrestleMania to now. NHL, of course, hasn't been active. It is coming back uh, right now. The, the the phase three of training camps for NHL and WWE, of course, continuing their regular show uh, despite all the all the COVID positive tests. It's really uh, a dire, uh, or I don't know, dire situation, but a really tough situation right now uh, for for all sports, and in particular combat sports, being that the, they're banned here in Quebec, but still still happening in, in parts of the United States, most mostly in Florida right now. So, I don't know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how things go. But all these te- uh, Rusev and Lana both uh, both announcing the, the, that they had positive tests this week. Uh, most talents not publicly. Uh, saying that they have who have tested positive. There's been some names that have not appeared on television in recent weeks. So you should you could sort of maybe assume who has it. I'm not going to mention the names, but if you if you if you could tell who who hasn't been on Raw, maybe rumored to have it. I'm not going to say the names, but uh, you can sort of figure that out for yourself. WWE has now made the decision for masks to be mandatory. Anybody in the crowd or not performing on camera. Must wear a mask. It's a thousand dollar fine if you do not wear a mask uh, while perform. Well, any time in the building while not performing. And on that note, uh, masks have now been made mandatory everywhere in Quebec, everywhere in Ottawa, and everywhere in Toronto. And I really hope that United States follows through because the situation in the USA is not looking good right now at all. It's really not a good situation in the U.S. Uh, WWE also making the decision to not have ring announcers appear in the ring during match introductions, and they're they're keeping them away from the ring. I don't understand why they still have the Nature Boy Ric Flair taking part in Monday Night Raw events. He's up there in age, about 70 years old, has had a lot of health issues. I don't know why they're putting him on camera, why they're flying him into the show. Uh, I, I enjoy seeing Ric Flair. I love Ric Flair, but I just I don't think it's safe for him right now to be there. I mentioned that SummerSlam's coming up August the 23rd. Randy Orton having a huge push right now. Uh, recently taking out Christian, taking out Edge, f- set to face off against the Big Show this upcoming Monday night, where he'll likely take out the Big Show. Took out R-Truth very easily. Uh, it really looks like uh, Randy Orton is in the prime of his career right now, and uh, he's set for a feud with WWE champion Drew McIntyre. I'm hearing it's going to be Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam in August. And chances are that Randy Orton will likely get a 15th run as WWE Heavyweight Champion 
by defeating Drew McIntyre. McIntyre, of course, becoming champion back in April at WrestleMania. So it looks like Orton will likely be champion for several months, uh, end up having a rematch against Edge, this time for the title on the line in uh, either end of 2020 or Royal Rumble, possibly even WrestleMania time. And then eventually Drew McIntyre will probably become champion a second time when he could then wrestle in front of a crowd. But yeah, I, th- I I do agree with this decision. I think Randy Orton is having a, a great, great run right now, and it's time to put the championship on the legend killer, Randy Orton. Other rumored matches for SummerSlam include Matt Riddle versus Baron Corbin. That's been pushed on TV as of late with the idea of Riddle getting a victory over Corbin, setting him in line for an Intercontinental Championship matchup against AJ Styles. Another rumored match for SummerSlam is Andrade and Angel Garza versus the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. Uh, we're also hearing that the New Day should be defending their titles against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura for the SmackDown brand. Another match uh, we're hearing for SummerSlam is going to be Bray Wyatt against WWE Universal Champion Braun Strowman. So that should be a good card coming up to August the 23rd for SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer, as they say. This is Main Event Radio. Joining me now is Main Event Radio legend Elan the Viz Preisler. He wanted to join us today to talk about the Undertaker documentaries recently airing on the WWE Network. Elan, how are you doing, brother? Fantastic, man. It's great to be back on the main event. Thanks, Rodney. It's great to have you back. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more as we do our uh, Sweet 16 episode uh, in a few weeks that we're working on. But uh, for the time being, I know you wanted to come join us and, and discuss uh, the very well done Undertaker documentaries. Uh, tell us what's on your mind, Viz. Dude, this is one of the best. It is. It's not one of the best. It's the single best feature WWE has ever done. So the 30-year career. This is documenting the very end of his career. Five years of his trials and tribulations, going back to the Michaels Triple H Undertaker saga. Um, It's just, it's the peak of documentary filmmaking that WWE has ever done. Do you think The Undertaker's truly retired? No, I don't. He actually made it very, very clear, like, if Vince ever needs him, break glass in case of emergency, he'll be back. And he will be back. I mean, the last ride of The Undertaker against AJ Styles was a spectacular match, um, pre-recorded, but for a cinematic match, it worked amazingly well. Uh, Definitely the best match on WrestleMania by far. And it's a great note to go out on. But I think he'll be back. Yeah, Probably I, for one more match against AJ Styles. I don't think it's over just yet. Exactly. I, I think he, he's got to have one more match in the ring, one-on-one. His last singles match was him and Goldberg in, in Saudi. I'm sure he wants to have that one last wrestling match. And who better to do it against than, than AJ Styles, who will make him look like gold? And 
the old adage, and he's a, he's an old school guy. Undertaker, you're supposed to go out on your back and and put over the young star on your way out. That's true, and that's something that AJ could brag about for the rest of his career. I retired the Undertaker. So one of the things that I that I noticed about the Undertaker that I did not realize before was how critical he is, how self critical he is about his matches. That is something I wasn't actually surprised by. For someone as good as The Undertaker, who's been around as long as The Undertaker, who has as much respect in the locker room as The Undertaker, you don't get to be that good without without being of the harshest critic of your own work. You know? He can't... You just can't be that good unless you set yourself to a higher standard than everybody else. That's what all the best do. Whether it's Triple H or Michaels or or Rock or Austin, whoever, Hogan, they're always the most critical of their own work. They never think it's good enough. They always want to make it better. And that's why he beat himself up so hard about his bad performances. And he was very honest about them. Never made any excuses. Never tried to blame it on anybody else. Didn't blame Goldberg. It's just a bad day at the office. It was just bad. And that's The Undertaker. He's... He's the most, He's like you said, right? he's the biggest critic of himself. I didn't think the match between him and Roman Reigns was bad. Like he, He's so tough on himself about it. I thought it was a great match. I thought it told a very good story. It was the younger guy, the up-and-comer, the current star, against the, the old dog, the Undertaker, who was maybe a, a step slower than he used to be. But I still thought it was a very good match, aside from the one little spot that, that got botched, the tombstone where Taker couldn't, pick up. He couldn't pick up Reigns. But like it makes sense. It's an older guy. You can't pick him up anymore. Like I thought it, I thought it was okay. I, I, I think he's, he's too tough on himself. That, that really should have been his last match. It's. I know you feel that way because were you there? Yes, I was there, and I went there you because I there. thought it was his last match, and That's and he right. really dragged it out. He, he his entrance <laughs> and his his exit was just going on and on. He left his gear in the ring. He left his hat in the ring. And it seemed like it was the end for him. And anytime he's come back since then, aside from this cinematic Hollywood performance this uh, against AJ Styles this year, all his all the other matches that he had since the one against Roman Reigns were they really necessary? Um. It's not, look, one thing that they make very clear in this documentary, and I agree with them, is that it's not for us as fans to say when it's time for him to retire. He, as The Undertaker, has earned his right to decide when it's time to say goodbye. So were they worth it? Were they necessary? To me, only The Undertaker can decide that. And it was Saudi money, so he couldn't turn that down. (laughs) I think, but from the documentary, he seems very proud of the fact that this international endeavor is something that was pretty much on his back. Like, Cena didn't shoulder that load. Undertaker shouldered that load. What are you thinking about uh, Randy Orton's current push? Um, I'm not, dude, I'm not really in the product right now. To me, when there's no pop, Mm -hmm. there's no product. It's gotten a lot better, though, recently. It really has. And Randy Orton is is about to be on one of the greatest runs of his career. I think SummerSlam, it's going to be Orton against McIntyre. And it looks like Orton's going to have a really good run as WWE Champion. That's great. Are they disappointed in McIntyre's run? No, not at all. I just feel like they think that he he can win the title back down the line when he can perform in front of a crowd. But right now, they want to go to the, the tried and true performers. 
Randy Orton sure. being the main star of Raw and AJ Styles being the main star of SmackDown. And Orton right now is just is just getting a lot of momentum getting behind him after after defeating Edge, defeating R Truth. He's just really building up and Ric Flair as his as his manager. Yeah, I really see Randy Orton having a, a strong title reign very shortly. That would be man, if Orton goes over, look, Orton, you know me and Orton. I've been a fan of his ever since he first debuted way back in 2002 um which is 18 years I know ago. he's he's such a veteran but he he's only 40 years old yeah crazy nowadays like now yet. yeah nowadays stars like they they're they're in NXT until at least they're like early to mid 30s so it's like for That's a guy right. to have been at the top at 22 23 years old or winning his first championship at 24 it's like it's a, it's amazing he's still got many years to go in his career yeah he definitely does orton is going to he'll probably move to a part-time schedule within the next few years but he's got to run his champion coming up ahead of him which is huge at his stage in his career he's going to be a 15 time champion yeah yeah and he he's also brought back the legend killer moniker yeah i heard about that mm-hmm. he's facing big show monday night on raw so <laughs> that'll be another legend that he takes out very yeah. cool um yeah dude orton's always been one of my all-time favorites it doesn't matter who he wrestles. It's always great. Some people consider him boring. I think those people are too new school wrestling fans. I think when he's realize. not motivated, he is. But right now, he, there's just there, there's a fire that's been built upon him that he's just gotten like he, he he's focused now and he's his matches have been really good. The match that he had against Edge at Backlash was was tremendous, and he he's really he's he's on fire right now. And they're they're really building him as the top star on Raw, and now's the time to to pull the trigger. Yeah, um, Orton, you know, you're not wrong. Orton's motivation isn't always the best because even at 70%, Orton is still better than everyone else on the roster or almost everybody else. But mm-hmm. when he puts it to 100, he's untouchable. He is the best of the best. And now, I like I said, I haven't been watching the product too much, but from what I've been told and from what, like the little snippets that I've seen, he's absolutely at his best right now. He really is. He's he's so experienced now, and he he just gets it. He's he's like a mix of old school and 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 new school and different eras. <laughs> I know I know that you know that I was not always a fan of his. Partly, no. partly because of his attitude, as you've as you've alluded to, the fact that sometimes he would get lazy, sometimes he would not give his hundred percent. But right now, he is giving his hundred percent, and he's just he's just such a natural heel. He's just so he, he's very good in the ring, very technically sound, and I, he's he's won smoothest me over. Silk, he's won dude. me over. What? Absolutely, the smoothest wrestler in wrestling. There's no one who moves as slickly as he does. No one who like no wasted motion. Everything he does is just so smooth he's he's always been great but as he's gotten older he's gotten that much better one more thing i wanted to ask you uh WWE currently filming in the state of florida currently the mecca of covid how can this be allowed to happen they vince you know vince him in illness he doesn't really believe in sickness so i don't think he really cares much about covid how is this allowed to happen? Because the boss is a freaking maniac. That's how. I don't know if he doesn't care about COVID. Now, now they're they're having mandatory masks for anyone who's at the shows and not performing on on screen. Yeah, after thirty people got infected. Yeah. 
I don't want to put I don't want to put words in his mouth like he hasn't said that, but the show continued throughout the pandemic. Yeah, and it's because he needed to keep his business running, but he actually I think he got the state of Florida to declare or Tampa to declare uh, WWE yeah. as a. Essential service. essential service. No, it was actually it was the governor of Florida, Rick DeSantis, who also allowed Disney World to reopen this week. The guy is is a, a complete nut. That's craziness, man. It's it's a pandemic. We all have to be careful. My business is open, but we only allow one person in at a time. We wear masks. They wear masks. No one touches each other. Wrestling isn't exactly something you can do with social distance. Well, as I said on the onset of the of the program today, uh, wrestling, uh, boxing, and mixed martial arts, all combat sports are currently banned in Quebec for the foreseeable future due to the fact that they are very high risk to catch COVID. And rightfully so. It's great to hear your voice. Uh, hope to have you on again soon. Elon the Viz Preisler on Main Event Radio. Thanks, Ryan. Always a pleasure. Breaking news from the world of professional wrestling, over 20-plus superstars were released from their contracts amidst the ongoing global pandemic. Their fate currently remains unknown. We will be closely monitoring the situation, and we wish them all the best in their future endeavors. Slammiversary Impact Wrestling pay-per-view this Saturday night, July the 18th. Uh, many wrestlers uh, recently released from WWE, as we have talked about. So some names rumored to be returning in what will be a reboot, a rebirth of Impact uh, Saturday night at Slammiversary. Many names rumored to be coming, even in the in the main event, is for the vacant Impact World Championship Fatal 4-Way match. Ace Austin, Eddie Edwards versus Trey and versus to be announced. And they're also hyping a former world champion to be making their return. So lots of returns, lots of debuts. Some of the names rumored to be there include the OC, Luke Gallows, and Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, EC3, Eric Young, Mike and Maria Canellas Bennett, and Heath Slater. Those are some of the names that are rumored to be debuting slash returning to Impact Wrestling. Another name that I'm hearing as a potential rumor is Bully Ray. His Ring of Honor contract recently expiring. He's also a former Impact World Champion. I'm hearing a rumor that Bully Ray may be coming back to Impact this Saturday night. You hear it here first on Main Event Radio. So out of these names, which one would I like to see become the new Impact World Champion? For me, it's really between either EC3, someone who was so misused in WWE and such a great star, such a great wrestler, great charisma, great champ, EC3, or otherwise Eric Young. Eric Young, wherever he was on the card, whether he was at the top of the card, whether he was at the bottom of the card, the beer drinking champion, TNA champion, X Division champion, tag team champion, Team Canada, Super Eric, whatever he was, Eric Young was a true asset to, to Impact Wrestling slash TNA. So I really would like to see both Eric Young and EC3 make their return. Heath Slater is a guy who majority of his career was in WWE, and for him to have uh, a, an opportunity to, uh, to wrestle in another organization, rumored to be coming back as a tag team partner of Rhino, bringing back that tag team. He's got kids. Uh, so I'm, I'd like to see how Heath Slater can do, in a, given another, an, another platform to play on. 
and he's he's gotten in the best shape of his career. So I'd really like to see how Heath Slater does. He did have one final appearance on Monday Night Raw a couple weeks ago where he faced his former partner, Drew McIntyre, for the WWE Championship. Uh, let's hear what Heath Slater's got to say about his, at least for the time being, final appearance on Raw. Um, it's not silly right now, being honest, but uh, um, just something that had to be done. You know, um, me and Drew, we go way back. He is a brother of mine, and um, he promised me something, you know, and I wanted it, you know. So I confronted him, and thank God it happened. But then again, you know, he's, he's the man. He's on. He's the champ. He's uh, my best friend, a brother inside and outside the ring. Um, pretty sure he still loves me after he helped me up and gave me a hug. I hope anyway, because he's a bad dude. Um, but no, um, this was a nice closing of a chapter. So let's see what the future brings for me. What will the future bring for Heath Slater? Will Impact Wrestling be part of the equation? We'll find out Saturday night at Slammiversary. Uh, also, uh, like I said, OC, EC3, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Mike and Maria Canellis, and even Bully Ray rumored as some names uh, to be coming to Impact Wrestling. So I think it's going to be a, a good event. Uh, it's going to really jump shoot Impact back to a level that it hasn't been in a long time. And I think this is the beginning of a new beginning for impact wrestling. And it's going to be uh it's going to be a good year for them. At least the, the second half of 2020, I'm calling it now impact wrestling is going to get back on the big stage. Let's let's run through the card. Let me give you my riders picks main event radio style. Uh, it's going to be moose versus Tommy dreamer. Moose has declared himself TNA world champion. He, he took the old TNA world championship belt and uh, kind of, named himself an unsanctioned champion, and it's going to be an old-school rules match, extreme rules style between Tommy Dreamer and Moose. I'm sure this is going to be a hell of a match. Dreamer is going to make Moose look good, and ultimately Moose will uh, will win this one. I don't know if the if this championship is actually... Uh, it's, un, it's unsanctioned, so I don't know if Moose is actually the champion or not, but uh, chances are my writer's pick is that Moose will retain in this one. Then we got the North. The Impact Tag Team Champions representing Canada, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. They've now been champions for nearly a year. They're facing off defending against Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. Uh, another rumored uh, team to be coming in. Uh, first, first of all, I said the OC. Uh, another team that's rumored to possibly be uh, having some matches with Impact would be formerly the Revival FTR. They may be coming to Impact maybe just for a, a series of matches uh, so I could see the OC as future Impact champions. I could see uh, FTR as future tag team champions. But the North now being champions for a year. I could see Shamrock and Callahan upsetting and actually winning uh, the tag titles from the North. So I'm going to give my pick to Shamrock and Callahan in this one. Then there's a big gauntlet for the gold. Uh, if you go back to the very first uh, Slammiversary event 18 years ago, the first ever TNA pay-per-view, the historic gauntlet for the gold where Ken Shamrock actually became the first ever uh, NWA TNA champion, the NWA champion of the, of the TNA era uh, after defeating 20 other superstars. Now there's going to be an, a gauntlet for the gold uh, for the impact knockouts championship. Pretty much all the lady competitors, all the knockouts are going to be in the ring at, at one time, including Alicia Edwards, Havoc, Akira Hogan, Kimberly, Kylie Ray, Nevaeh, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, Tasha Steeles, and Taya Valkyrie. And this is to determine the number one contender, excuse me, this is the number one contender for the Impact Knockouts Championship. 
being that it's a slammiversary, an anniversary event, looking back at the past, I, I feel like it should be someone who's who's got the most experience in the Impact Division that wins this one. And I'm going to say Madison Rain, a multiple-time former champion, someone who's been there for a long time with the beautiful people and through different eras of, of Impact slash TNA. I'm going to give my pick for this gauntlet for the gold to the queen, Madison Rain. X Division Championship, uh, the current champion, Willie Mack, a guy that's really impressed me in recent years. He is the reigning and defending X Division champion. He's not a, a cruiserweight, per se. He's a bigger guy, but he does move like a cruiserweight. If you look back to the classic X Division, uh, someone that I could really uh, relate him to would be Samoa Joe, really showing that the X Division is not about weight limits. It's about no limits, and Willie Mack has really embraced what the X Division is all about. He's defending against Chris Bay. Chris Bay with his manager, Johnny Swinger. Swinger actually barred from ringside. So I'm going to say that Willie Mack retains in this one. Then we got the Knockouts Championship on the line. Current champion, Jordan Grace, also a, a very good competitor. I'm a big fan of hers as well. She's facing off against Diona Perrazzo, uh, from, uh, formerly from NXT, now working with Impact Wrestling. So this should be a I'm expecting, I've got high hopes for this one. I say Grace retains. And then the main event, as I mentioned, is going to be Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards versus Trey versus To Be Announced. Uh, this is for the vacant Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Who will be the new Impact Champion? Who will be the guest performer in this match? The surprise entrant. For me, it's really between either EC3, Ethan Carter III, or Eric Young. And I'm going to say Ethan Carter. I think EC3 returns in this and becomes the new Impact champion. There is a chance that Eddie Edwards could, could win it, but I think EC3 will be the next Impact champion. Whoever the, whoever the surprise entrant is will be the champion, whether that's EC3 or Eric Young, but I do think it will be EC3 who leaves Slammiversary with the gold around his waist. And I'm really... I'm looking forward to some, some good matches Saturday, and I'm also looking forward to these returns. And it's going to be a celebration, an anniversary celebration, a slammiversary uh, for Impact Wrestling on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, the first Impact event that I'm really looking forward to in a long, long time. Coming up next, going to preview WWE's Extreme Rules. That's taking place Sunday night on the WWE Network, so stay tuned for more Riders Picks coming up. This is Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM, Bell 5 TV, Channel 950, around the world, our official homepage, maineventradio.com, your premier combat sports radio source for over 16 years. I'm your host, Ryan Ryder. This Sunday, July the 19th, 2020, it is Extreme Rules. The horror show is the tagline on WWE Network. It's going to be for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. I'm going to say right now, Drew McIntyre will 100% retain in this WWE Championship matchup. Asuka, the new Raw Women's Champion, defending against Sasha Banks. It's too soon for her to lose. I'm going to say my writer's pick to Asuka Bailey. Uh, defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross. I say she retains the SmackDown Women's Championship as well. I'm not a fan of Nikki Cross at all. I don't think she belongs in the same league as competitors such as uh, Asuka or Sasha or even Bayley for that matter. We got Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt Swamp fight. 
I have no really idea what that's going to be. I, I believe it'll probably be some sort of cinematic matchup. Ala Wyatt matches that they've had in the past, like the House of Fun, should be an interesting one, whatever it ends up being. It is a non-title match, so chances are that Bray Wyatt will somehow win this Wyatt Swamp fight over Braun Strowman. Personally, I'm never a big fan of, of uh, when champions defend it or, or face another star in a non-title match. If you're the champion and you lose, the winner should become the new champion. But that's how they do things these days. And uh, this Wyatt Swamp fight, I'm going to go with Bray Wyatt. His name is in the, is in the title of the match. Uh, a weird one is uh, Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins. Eye for an eye match. This match can only be won when one competitor extracts the eye of their opponent. So this is going to be another one of those Hollywood-style cinematic matches. It just seems like a really weird stipulation. Like, it just seems so odd. I know the, the whole theme of the show is the horror show, and they're going to film this one like a, like a horror movie. But it just... Maybe I'm a little old school. You can call me old school if you want to, but uh, an eye for an eye, uh, just the, the thought of it just really grosses me out and just seems, it seems like a, like a horror movie, not a, not a wrestling match. And I, I'm going to say Seth Rollins wins this one. And it's going to be some gruesome. It's going to be like looked back at as probably like that May Young hand incident with Mark Henry. It's going to be like, oh my God, this eye incident with Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I've been proven wrong before, but I, I, my stomach is is sore just the idea of of this this eye for an eye match between Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. Apollo Cruz is going to be defending his United States Championship against MVP. MVP now the manager slash advocate of Bobby Lashley. Uh, MVP kind of taking the U.S. title already and saying he's he's pretty much almost the champ, and now he's just got to make it for certain to, to defeat Apollo Cruz. Since there's no other title changes planned, I think MVP will win the U.S. title with the help of Lashley, and then maybe Lashley might get a little bit jealous wanting some championship gold uh, for himself. Maybe it can create a little bit of turmoil between MVP and Lashley, but for this one, I'm actually going to go left field and give this victory prediction to MVP. And now... And then, like I said, main event, Drew McIntyre to retain over Dolph Ziggler. Here is there to be champion, Drew McIntyre. And you're a very positive individual. You're in a great space right now. I can yep. see it. I can see the wheels turning in. And, and, and this is probably the best version of you that I've seen in a long time. But for a brief moment there, I saw a, well, a former version of yourself, one that you slip into very comfortably when the need arises. Are you worried that 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 problem, getting too mad, flying off the handle, may be a bit of a handicap going to this match with Dolph Ziggler? It's an interesting observation. Dolph is the one who coined the nickname, the psychopath. It wasn't just because of my temper and what I'm capable of in the ring. It's a lot to do with my drive outside the ring and the fact I set my sights on a particular goal and I will do absolutely whatever it takes to achieve that goal. Dolph has been playing with my emotions. I'm at a breaking point right now. You can see that. But these days, where I'm at in my life, where I'm at in my career, I'm able to harness those emotions. I'm able to push them in a positive direction. It's not going to affect the title match in any way aside the punishment inflicted on Dolph Ziggler. 
reigning and defending WWE champion Drew McIntyre talking about his match this upcoming Sunday, July the 19th, against challenger Dolph Ziggler. One of the other matches, as mentioned, is Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio, eye for an eye. Such an odd stipulation. Here is Seth Rollins from the July 13th episode of Raw reacting to this eye for an eye matchup trying to do is lead Monday Night Raw to a brighter future. And Rey Mysterio has resisted his part in the greater good every step of the way and now we are at a point. We are at a point where I am competing in a match at Extreme Rules where the only way to win is to puck your opponent's eyeball from its socket. Oh, so disgusting, so unrealistic, too. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to expect from this one. I never meant to harm Rey Mysterio. Never. That was never my intention. Rey presented himself to me in a time of need, and I did everything in my power to fulfill that prophecy for the greater good. And that prophecy came from the WWE Universe. Because you asked me to be this person. You asked me to be the leader, to lead Monday Night Raw the right way into the future. And that's what I am doing. This year, Extreme Rules is called the Horror Show. And that's exactly what it's going to be. Because Rey Mysterio has forced my hand for the very last time. I will be forced to rip and tear and gouge until he is completely blind. Rey Mysterio will never watch his son be married. Extreme Rules will be the end of Rey Mysterio. Such a weird stipulation. Eye for an eye match. Seth Rollins reacting to this bout that he's going to have against Rey Mysterio. Montreal's own Kevin Owens pitching in on will he be watching this horror show of a match, this eye for an eye match Sunday night. You know, look, it sounds terrible that, you know, it seems like the outcome of this match is going to be one man taking another man's eye out. But Extreme Rules is subtitled, whatever you want to call it, the horror show. Now, my wife and I are big horror movie fans. We watch them all the time. I've seen plenty of eyes getting gouged out in those films. I've never seen it in front of me in person, but... uh, I'll, I'll be here. I have a morbid curiosity for it, and I'll, I'll definitely be here to watch it. And uh, I certainly hope Ray Mysterio is the one who walks away with another man's eye in his hand. Uh, either way, it's going to be pretty interesting. And what makes me feel better about it is I'm not in the match. So my eyes will remain intact. Makes it even better. WWE's Kevin Owens, Montreal hometown boy, weighing in on the eye for an eye match. At Extreme Rules, the horror show.
In other news, Keith Lee has become the new NXT champion. He is now a double champion, being both the NXT North American champion and the NXT heavyweight champion, defeating former champion Adam Cole. Here's Keith Lee taken in the moment of being the NXT champion. <laughs> that was such an easy one. I mean, I would love to say yes, but right now I'm in so much pain, it's hard to bask in anything, but the throbbing of my body, my face, my ankle. But in all honesty, God, yeah. This is sweet in so many ways, from the journey to coming here and having such a slow start, stop, start situation, and take it all the way back to when I stuck out there and I talked to those four guys and I said, hey, I'm just trying to decide which championship I'm taking first. Weird, right? I go and say that to them once, and now here I stand with one I took from them and the latest edition. History, McKenzie. I'm feeling like a historian, I'm feeling historical. How else do you describe this except for magic? I believe Mark Henry said to me that I would bring back, um, forgive me if I misquote him, but I'm fairly certain I was paying attention when he said I would bring back big man magic. Mr. Henry, this one's for you too. But more importantly, McKenzie, my coach who just passed away just last week, once told me I would be the top. I would be one of the best this industry has seen. Today, he's a prophet. And for me, it doesn't get sweeter than that. Keith Lee talking about his trainer, Killer Tim Brooks who actually passed away on June the 30th at 72 years old. Uh, he was the trainer of uh, the initial trainer of new NXT champion Keith Lee, so dedicating his NXT championship win to the longtime pro wrestler killer Tim Brooks, who trained Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee certainly just starting out his career, uh, and he's going to be... Uh, very successful, I'm sure, uh, NXT North American champion, NXT world champion, and it looks like his eyes are, are set on some tag team gold as well. So, uh, Killer Tim Brooks, uh, rest in peace, uh, actually having some history in Montreal. Uh, in the mid-'80s, he was part of the Loot International territory here, going under the name Buster Brody, a Bruiser Brody's kayfabe brother. He was presented in a straight jacket under the control of the Creechman family. Any longtime uh, Quebec fan will know Eddie Creechman and uh, Floyd Creechman. He was part of that, uh, that group and uh, wrestled all over uh, United States and Canada. So uh, rest in peace uh, to Killer Tim Brooks, who, as mentioned, was the trainer of the new NXT champion, Keith Lee, dedicating his championship victory to the late uh, killer Tim Brooks. 
This has been Main Event Radio on CJLO 1690 AM. I'm your host, Ryan Ryder. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Ryder Tweets. Follow our show at Main Event Radio. And we will be back next week with a look back at Impact Wrestling Slammiversary, at WWE's Extreme Rules, the horror show. Will this eye for an eye match be as gruesome as I can imagine it to be? We'll have to wait and see. We'll be back here next Sunday with yet another episode. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. May the situation get better, especially in the United States right now. Stay healthy and keep enjoying professional wrestling.